This episode is brought to you by Audrey Alo and Lealoa Mao. Thank you for your generous donation and continued support of this podcast. We see y'all. What are we doing it for? We're doing it for the culture. Okay. Would you rather have a one-night stand with a toxic ex-partner, your second cousin, or a pastor? What? So, would you rather have a one-night stand with a toxic ex-partner, your second cousin, or a pastor? It's all toxic. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Yeah. All right. Let me see. Let me pick through this little thing. Binky binky bonky. First Drew. Me? Yep. Okay. Yeah, right when you said it, I was like, I'm going with the pastor. One night stand yeah. with the <laughs> pastor, boy, you're going to hell, yeah. bro. Oh I my mean, lord. I'm just kind of <laughs> like kidding. Yeah, just kind of curious on like what's I don't know. There's a lot to know. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know what I'm saying? That that title is, uh, you know, it carries a lot of responsibilities, and you know, there's, you know, you might know a little more. You know see, but that, but but that's just the title on the platform. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't know the title right. off the platform. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the crazy part. Yeah. So. That might be the the crazy. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. So that there. That's what so you would rather have a one night stand with the um. With the pastor. With the pastor. Mm-hmm. And then what would be second? Second? What, what do you mean second? Wait, second? Just we're, we're just going to go in the row. Okay. What would oh, be your second and your third? Yeah, yeah. Follow-up yeah. questions. It would be your second cousin or your toxic ex-partner. Which one? Probably the toxic ex-partner. Okay. Yeah. And then lastly, your second cousin? Yeah. This oh. fool? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Trying to stay as far away. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know there was an order to this. I'm only Honey, picking, I like, I'm to, only throw, I like, to, throw in, I like okay? to throw in jabs. Okay. Okay, last. What you got? Uh, mine is toxic ex partner because I think I know a lot of pastors, so that's kind of weird. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's facts. Yeah. And then. <laughs> oh, and then after 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 uh-uh. the pastor, I guess uh-uh. there's the second no... cousin. <laughs> oh, second cousin. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> I guess we're putting orders into it. Right, and then the pastor. Okay. Why? What? Do you just know too many pastors that are unattractive, or do you just know them as like? I feel like I know the pastor world, so it's like, oh man. Hey, I feel it, girl. <laughs> I feel it, girl. Okay, second cousin. Well, Woo! Love, love. Mixing it up. Okay. You you wait until you gotta answer this motherfucker. <laughs> We're gonna go pause. <laughs> Bathroom break. <laughs> uh, I would I would uh, same as last. I would uh, have Pat- the one night stand with. Uh, a toxic, toxic ex-partner. ex-partner. And that's it. <laughs> no, 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 no. No fucking order. <laughs> Who's next? Okay, the pastor. Mm, yeah. And then last would be the cousin. The second cousin. But, but a never... second. Huh? Second. Second cousin. It's still close that's to first. Close. <laughs> I know. My second cousin is my third? sisters and brothers Okay, hold still. on. Wait, let me, let me switch it real quick. What if it was a third? Still. Third yeah. Still. Yeah. Would the order change if it was a third? Yeah. Yeah. I, what if What if it was a third? No. No. Still. Yeah. Hey. Well, whatever floats your uh, What about you, partner? <laughs> I know. Um. Uh, let's go, baby girl. Uh, second cousins. <laughs> second top, cousins first. <laughs> I have a lot of uh, beautiful, beautiful second cousins. cousins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's real. So second cousin is first, and then um, pastor is second. 
So, and mm-hmm. I'm not the pastor. I'm talking about the pastor's wife. <laughs> so, <laughs> and the pastor could be a woman. I'm talking about Tina. So, um, oh, you're talking the, about the Fale Tua. Yeah. <laughs> oh my and God. then oh, hell nah. you see, I've had, I have, I've had worse, very bad experiences with some toxic exes. Word. So I don't really want to fuck with that at all. Mm. I don't even want to entertain it. Like mm-hmm. whatever. So that's why that will always be my bottom. Anytime I hear an mm. ex, <laughs> like right. give me my first cousin. <laughs> As a matter of fact, give me my sister. <laughs> like I'm not going there. <laughs> if you want to throw my mom in there, I'm choosing her. <laughs> like, I ain't fucking with that. Right. Like, Shit. <laughs> I've moved on. <laughs> <laughs> I moved on. Like there's no choice. <laughs> no going back. Right. Baby girl. Oh <laughs> okay, do, do y'all have a a would you rather? Okay, we were thinking about it, right? And one time we were at, like at a Krispy Kreme and this came out. We were playing would you rather slash this or that. Mm. And so our question is, uh, would you rather be accused of bestiality or necrophilia? Okay, and let's <laughs> let's just define both. Let's just define both. Well, damn. <laughs> For those who, you know, want to go Google with, with, with these are... Okay, so bestiality is having sex with an animal. The animal. Help us, Lord. (laughs) And necrophilia is someone who has passed on. Like a corpse. Like you're fucking a corpse. Oh, my God. Shout out to the Cuspeteers. Does a corpse have have makeup on? (laughs) 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 I need Uh, something. Oh, my gosh. Help us, Lord. So which one, partner? What <laughs> the fuck? You answer that shit first. Last, last you pick. Honey, I need to think. I asked it. I go last. Yeah, right. she goes yeah last. you go last. Okay, okay. You win. You pick. You pick. To the left. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Uh, an animal or a corpse. Um... I'm fucking the corpse. I don't care. <laughs> Spray some perfume. Throw some <laughs> lipstick on her. It's, it's over. Grab some lubrication. We're done. <laughs> like, that bitch will be what? <laughs> you gonna eat that dead pussy. I'm gonna eat that dead. And you know what? It's really on whenever I'm done. Because the bitch has been done. <laughs> so the pleasure is really set on me. So it's like, it feels good when I don't have to worry about nobody's like, oh, I can only satisfy myself. So it's kind of like a... Masturbating in front of the dead. On your terms. It's on my terms. You just lay there and I'll do the work. So how, how are you going to get consent from the corpse? Oh, it's imagination. Oh, yeah. I guess I never thought of that. Consent. Well, you're not getting consent from the animal either. I'll just oh, grab man. the corpse hand and just. Do you agree? Yep. Shake on it. Shake on it. Oh, my gosh. Trust me, yeah. that corpse is going to come back to life right after I get done with it. <laughs> Go be the resurrection. Shut your ass up. Pick the next one, Lassie. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm riding with Bex. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. doing the dead body. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. But don't the... you know how dead bodies smell? I don't. I Help really you. don't, though. Like, But, uh... I forgot about that. Yeah. That, damn. Something about, I don't know, just the animal thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I don't know. Yeah. I can't. My mama got a dog. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how I feel about that. Oh. I mean, it, the dogs, you know, be humping my leg and shit. <laughs> still, it's not going to go down. <laughs> I guess I got to do the... The corpse? I would be accused of necroph- necrophilia. <laughs> necrophilia. Yeah, my answer is the same. Yeah. 
We have no choice. Yeah, that's, no, no to animal cruelty. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, we're vegans. <laughs> I'm offended. <laughs> We're going to have a lot of animal rights folks in the side like, uh, oh, man. Sorry, y'all. Dude, yeah. no, Dude, I feel like you have a would you rather. Dude. Would you Would you rather? Oh, that was the one. That, that was, was the one? Yeah, you guys the one. tag team really? that yeah. one. You feel like we, we played a lot and then like, you know, Lost just be like, bestialia, necrophilia, you know what I <laughs> mean? Just throws it in there, so. It's really yeah. those gross, you know, like it's, it's the... Uh, Lesser of two evils. Yeah. Which one would it be? Yeah. It's really cute too because I've been doing, I've been playing this Would You Rather with my nieces, but you mm-hmm. know, fitting it towards <laughs> G rated. Yeah. Well, yeah, what they like. And it's fun because it's easier to ask questions. Yeah. Uh, like with Tika, I'm asking her, like, oh, would you rather uh, be an LOL or would you rather be uh, uh, like a pony or something like that? Mm-hmm. You know, so. It just seems like it's the it's the yeah. it's yeah. the game to be playing right now. Yeah. Wait, I feel like I have one more question because I'm kind of interested in to see what our guest would uh, kind of right. an- how you guys would got, approach okay. answering this. So, it's, yeah. so this one's a a deep one. Not to, well, mm-hmm. it's a deep, it's a deep one to me. So, okay. if you could go back in time and change one thing, what would it be? Hmm. Whether it's in yourself in this world, but if you can go back in time and change one thing only, like you have like. Huge option. What would it be? We define for ourselves, huh? Yeah, you define it. You define it. And this is open up to everybody, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So whoever has the answer first, go ahead. Mm -hmm. I think for, like, me going back, it's, like, personal for me. Like, I think about, like, who I am as a person now. Like, I I would like to, like... uh, and still more confidence in like in a younger mm. self, you know. Oh. What I mean? You know what I mean, like a younger me, you know. Because I think about Word. like where my confidence level is now, and feeling like, uh, you know, opportunities are, you know, oceans full. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and so like, just having that kind of mindset, like at a younger age, I feel okay. like there's so much more you could do in your future. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's deep. deep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's deep. What are you lost? Uh, mine is. Talking to my sister before she passed. Mm. I was uh, 16 when my older sister passed away. So um, I don't know if that would have changed anything or I, I was holding a grudge against her at the time. Mm-hmm. So oh, man. I just wish mm. just to have that, that, that like conversation. When you say yeah. That. yeah. 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 Wow. Wow. Is, is that, um, if you don't mind me asking, is that like, is that something that, have you gotten like closure in that area yet? I think grief is like waves. So mm. sometimes, sometimes, so she's actually the name that I have on my wrist. And um, sometimes I like think about it all the time. And then sometimes I'm past it. Well, not past it, but in a different, in a different headspace to, mm. to be like grateful for her and living for her. And, um, but then I think totally resolved. I'll be honest. No. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Wow. <clears throat> That's what's up. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I think for me, uh, something that I thought about is I would go back to where in my uh, my family on my mom's side, actually both sides of the family, but just think about where, like find the point in which (coughs) folks felt like we didn't need Mm -hmm. to um, value the Samoan language in in the home. Mm. 
um, or, you know, to, to mm -hmm. teach it to the next generation um, because language is such a, it's such an important piece to be connected to one's culture and one's identity. And, and because there, there is such a loss of it in my own mm -hmm. uh, experience that I would want to find those points within my ancestry of where language mm -hmm. was, you know, not as important or valued so that it can, it could have carried on and, you know, we all could be speaking our native tongue fluently. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. How about, yeah. How about you, partner? Uh, I think mine <clears throat> kind of goes along the lines of, of Lassie's. I think in 2000, 2011, I remember going to visit my mom at the nursing home because mm -hmm. she passed in 2012. Mm -hmm. But I went, um, that was my last conversation with her at the mm -hmm. nursing home because I was getting, I was planning to leave to the mission field during mm -hmm. that time mm -hmm. to go to Indonesia for months. <clears throat> but I didn't realize that that would be my last conversation. I was mm. just, my mom has always been in and out of the hospital, in and out of nursing home. So I was just thinking like, mom, I'll be back. You know, I'm so mm. used to her being right. in that place, in that state. She mm. was happy. She was, you know, our conversation was good. But I just wish that I could have gotten lost in that conversation mm. and did ever and said everything I needed to say. Right. I got my I love yous out. Mm -hmm. I got all these things out. But I just wish I could have gotten more, you know, because mm. that was just one of those things that, you know, hit me. And it's still something that I'm still trying to heal from because, yeah. you know, like, like I wasn't here during the time my mom passed. Yeah. I was stuck in freaking Indonesia right. for weeks. I couldn't catch a flight right. back. So I was like all these things. I'm like, damn, God, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like, just take me back. Right. So and then I come back like about three or four weeks later <clears throat> and then I can't even see my mom's body. I didn't see her body until the funeral. So like there was just a lot of things that mm -hmm. just was like I felt undone. Like, mm -hmm. damn, if I had just spent another hour, I probably would have been satisfied. But mm -hmm. because I was thinking like my normal self, like, oh, I'm just going to stop by, see mom, just say hi, mm -hmm. tell her I'm going and go, you know? Yeah. Like that's that's my norm. And I just wish I could have sat down and actually just got to take in everything I needed mm -hmm. to take and tell her everything that she needed to do, to hear from me, you know? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so yeah, it definitely mm -hmm. comes, it's, that's a deep question. Yeah. It's very deep. deep yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I feel, I feel centered now after all the laughter, yeah. <laughs> all the good stuff. What it do, Kaipu? Welcome to For the Cultures. This is your host, D-Boy. And I'm your host, Get Bex Bumble. Man, welcome to another episode of For the Cultures, y'all. Yeah. We have two very special guests with us in the studio today. Yes, Lord. <laughs> uh, we have uh, Levalasi Loyan and Drew Vai in the building. What's hey. up, y'all? Yo. It's really great to have y'all here. It's been a long time coming. Um, and, and, we, and we got shit to talk about. And we, and we got a lot of shit to talk <laughs> about. We got, we got a load. <laughs> we got relationship goals in the building. <laughs> we got bagels. <laughs> <laughs> if y'all wouldn't mind just giving us a quick intro of yourselves. Okay. Um, hi, my name is Lava Lassie, like D-Boy Shared, or Lassie. Um... I'm a young mixed Samoan. I uh, work at San Francisco State uh, full time, and I currently teach too um, at like the college level. Um, what are some other things? I grew up in a lot of places. I'm excited to be here. So thank you for inviting us. You're so freaking dope. <laughs> thank I you. I just want a picture of you on the shirt. <laughs> thank you so much. Right, I'm laying on. Professor Loyal. Oh. <laughs> oh. 
Professor Lars. You do you do you hate that? So it's kind of is complicated. It un- <laughs> is it uncomfortable? So I was in a class and a student, an older student was like calling me that and we had this conversation around, why don't you have people call you that? And so the next semester, I, I introduced myself to my students as like, okay, you can call me professor because it was like trying to deal with this being, um, the dynamics of being young, mm-hmm. a young woman in a space mm-hmm. uh-huh. and mm-hmm. like, um, you know, respect and teacher yeah. vibes and stuff right. like that. I didn't know like having that in my classroom would extend outside into the community. So that's kind of something that I've been dealing with. And then even in like in school too, the professor is like um, a position that you get you like obtain it um, so it's it's just weird for me in the dynamics of being it. an imposter and also mm. knowing that in, in like the academy or in school at the university level it's that's definitely not mm. my title yeah it's, yeah and I'm I, dealing with it because it's I, something I want to be right mm-hmm. and I think it trickling you, out to the are. community <laughs> right but you are <laughs> I think it trickling out to the community is is the community's way of acknowledging that mm-hmm. you're doing something huge. You've done something huge in our community, and for us to be able to call you Professor Lost is like, right? girl, you did, you did She's the damn like, thing. She's like, I'm the first and the last. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. No, she's the first and not the last. <laughs> she's shaping the young minds of oh, the future. She's like, make it last forever. <laughs> oh, yes. So oh, we're gonna, have to, we're gonna have to add that to your signature. Okay? <laughs> Hashtag Thank make it last forever. Make it last. Y'all are so famous. Thanks, Lassie. What's uh what's going on, y'all? My name is Drew. Drew Vai. I grew up in Frisco. I'm from San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Currently, I work at uh, City College of San Francisco. I run a peer mentoring program called Student Support okay. Students. Word. Um, and then I'm a I'm a grad student at SF State in the, the Ethnic Studies program. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just yeah. completed your first year. Yeah, just completed mm-hmm. the first year. Right. Just right. completed the first year. It was it was really rough. Um and and loss has been witness to that, you know what I mean, all year. But uh, here I am, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, stronger, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. When you're in the process, whatever, you know, whatever process you're in, mm. like, it just feels like it's never ending. Yeah. And when you get over the mountain, you know what I'm saying? Like, you see, you recognize the, you know, the the, the change in your walk, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh-huh. All the growth that's coming out yeah. of it. So, yeah, after that first year, it was rough, but... Uh, I'm stronger, you know. Okay. So, yeah. I see the guns. I see the sun, the guns. Too. <laughs> <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> and we definitely feel the the mental guns. Oh. <laughs> All the knowledge and the, oh, man. everything you be spitting, bro. And for those Facts. who may not be familiar with Lost and Drew, uh, you all are in a relationship, a committed yeah. relationship. Mm-hmm, How long mm-hmm. have y'all been uh, together now? Oh man, this past year we, we go ahead. We just celebrated 10 years. Hey! Oh, the Lord is good. It's about to be 11 in January, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow, look at that. (laughs) Right? Goals. Goals. (laughs) (laughs) Relationship goals. Couple goals. It's really good to have y'all in this space with us. Like I said, it's been a long time coming. For sure. sure. Um, We've shared a lot of spaces together. Uh, shared a lot of ideas, mm-hmm. shared a lot of thoughts, and also engaged in a lot of fuckery together. So, you know, <laughs> that's what this podcast right, is. Right, right. <laughs> it is a bunch of all that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we do, we always like to center ourselves and ground ourselves in the episode. 
and really just offer up a blessing, uh, um, a passage, anything that that helps you all ground yourselves. And we usually turn it to our our guests, our our uh, our honorary guests, our honorary guests for the hour to lead us in in that space. Okay. And so we just want to offer it up to y'all. I'm trying. I'm sure. I'm still trying to think of what. Do you have one, Snub? It could be anything—a quote, a yeah, a mantra, you know, anything really to just. <laughs> Damn, because if not, we're gonna just pass it over to Bex. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. Got to eat too much stuff. I was like, oh, I gotta take my. La mata to my early life. Ooh, those Friday night classes. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I think I'm gonna pass. pass it off Honey, too. I was not expecting that. <laughs> Wait, I, I I know lost. You got something? Come mm-hmm. on, like whether it's somebody who's who's imp, who's impacted you, and there, and there's some there's something that you want to mm-hmm. kind of share out of that experience. You know, like any type of revelation, like random, just something that's just like. Uplifting, encouraging. She wants y'all to do it. Because <laughs> no, I, I, I feel I, like I you two have it. I, I, I could do it. Okay. I've okay. been, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess it's more of a blessing-ish prayer um, mm. and words that I've been thinking about since hearing folks share this space. Mm-hmm. Um, so mine is would be, um, I guess, ancestors, um, peoples of this land. Um, I think I just want to thank... Um, the space that we're allowed to be on mm-hmm. and helping to tell our stories mm. um, in resistance of um, a lot of different systems of power. And I think I just am grateful for mm-hmm. this, for the Talanoa that we're already having mm-hmm. and um, walking forward in all the paths that we do outside of this space. Um, Staying encouraged and um, staying in care. Mm. That's all. We're in. I guess. Amen. <laughs> I guess. Hallelujah. Namaste. Ashe. Ashe. Thank, Thank you, Thank you, Loss. Thank you, Loss. Thank you so much. It really has been a. Um, there's been a, a lot of great response in terms of just that that moment that we get to do in these episodes mm-hmm. of really grounding and centering ourselves in. Offering up blessing and grounding because um, it's interesting that a lot of folks, you know, when they share that they've listened to the podcast, they've shared that they really appreciate mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that element of um, being able to just give thanks. Mm-hmm. And so, thank y'all, thank y'all for offering that up. Uh, I really do feel um, centered in this Talanoa that we're about to have. Yes, bruh, <laughs> man. <laughs> That was a rough, bro. It's, a, it's an interesting, bro. Uh-oh. You know, I think there's a lot of things that's been happening this week and some that I was just noticing that kind of just made me scratch the back of my neck mm-hmm. is uh, this whole this whole hashtag I've seen with um, with the casting of, what, what was the young woman's name? Is it, I almost thought Halle Berry, but it's um, the young woman who is a part of a group. Chloe and Halle. Yeah, Chloe and Halle, right? Oh, um, Beyonce's Beyonce's uh, they're they're under Beyonce, yeah, right? And uh, she was casted as uh, the new voice of 
um, Ariel. And there was a hashtag going around saying, not my Ariel. Right? A lot of folks, predominantly white folks, you know, upset at the fact that um, the new Little Mermaid that will be coming out um, will be black. Mm. Now, I'm not sure if, like, the actual character is going to be uh, a mermaid of color. <laughs> but, you know, but the, the voice the voice will be... Uh, really? Uh, ha- Hallie? Mm-hmm. Am I pronouncing that right? And so I was just, like, just irritated with seeing that shit. Like, mm-hmm. it's always when characters... You know, um, are casted as a person of color, especially as a, as a either a black woman of color. You right. know, this has happened many of times before in history with like different princesses. Right. Um, that there's always just this uproar. Mm-hmm. You know, in the, in the news and especially now with on social media, and so it's just irritating. Have y'all seen this? This uh, all this discourse around, oh, yeah. around mm-hmm. folks hating. Yeah, it's just it's just a reminder of just like how you know apparent and how strong white supremacy. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing that came to you when you read it? Not my Ariel. Mm-hmm. It felt like uh, you know when forty five was announced president, and mm. a lot of folks were hashtagging not my president. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels it feels very MAGA to me. Yeah, right. It feels like a lot of the MAGAs, you know, just saying like. Not my Ariel. When it's, it's it's like really, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. know, it's, I don't know, irritating. They don't, they don't know if it's gonna be live action or not, or it is. Yeah, I thought I see. People don't know shit. All they know is that like it was casted. We don't know what what it's gonna be, how mm-hmm. it's gonna unfold. But there's already so much backlash. Backlash, mm-hmm. but there's also so much celebration. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen like you know a lot of folk, a lot of artists are drawing images of a yeah. black Ariel, mm-hmm. um, of a black mermaid. Um, which is really rendering a lot of this conversation, right? And a lot of trolls coming out. I feel like it is a lot of trolling. Right. Yeah. You know, we're just wanting to poke the bear a bit and have, you know, poke these conversations about race <clears throat> on social media. Mm-hmm. And it's right. just, yeah, it's just a, it's just one of those things where it's like, why well, I scratch the back of my head because it's like they want a reaction and they want to cause um, drama and friction and chaos. And so it was just something that was sitting with me um, on my spirit, and I was irritated by it because it's like I'm actually looking forward to this shit. Yeah. I don't know how about y'all. Was did anything come up for y'all that you might have seen? Not for me yeah. <laughs> with this specific story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I, I mean, the backlash, like people who don't like it, I, I kind of like swimming that. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm enjoying that. Yeah, it feels uncomfortable for you, and like uh, because. There's some, there's some uh, growing that's happening in that process. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? I feel like, you know, there's a there's a conflict with somebody who disagrees with it, and I feel like out of the uh, the ten thousand folks who are like not my area, there's gonna be one that's gonna be like, why? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, uh-huh. and then like go from there. And then the the coolest part is is like I got a lot of. Uh, my my sister, mm. like my older cousins, that was like their one of their favorite Disney movies. Yeah, and so it's kind of amazing to to know that like, you know, um, my my nieces are gonna be seeing a Little Mermaid. That's a person of color, you right? Know what I mean, like, so that's Facts. the, you know, that's the amazing part about it. So 
Yeah. I mean, I grew up on it too. Like Little yeah. Mermaid is one of my favorites, especially because of all the music. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's you know the internet is the internet right now. Yeah, and I yeah, seen yeah. a um, I seen a meme that was hella funny. It was it was an image of um, a bunch of uh, black women, uh-huh. but they all had different uh, wigs on, right? Different hair colors, <laughs> and it, and it's and it read that Ariel's sister's finna be like, and it, it was pictures <laughs> of them and all the different wigs. But that's how it was in Little Mermaid, right? right. She had all these different sisters, <laughs> and they all had, you know, they were right. all different colors and shit. So it was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, she has a great voice though. Yeah, Ali, she... she's my favorite voice of two sisters. Mm. And see, I haven't really listened to their music. I have. Um, I just know that they, you know, were signed by Beyonce. They're like her proteges, and that's even something huge because mm. you know she don't work with a lot of folks like that. But I just thought it was. I just thought it was funny because i know that even i'm not a follower of like the books of hunger games and stuff like that but i found out that um what's that one yeah not black rue is not black in the books and to find out that there was a lot of uproar uh when the film came out and she and she was a, a, a young woman of color she was a black woman that a lot of folks had a lot to say about that right and it's just this it's just this whole thing about like anytime you know, somebody is casted uh, as a person of color, especially black, when the character is originally white, for there to be such an uproar, it's so fucking irritating. Mm. My thing is, like, I got a complicated um, relationship with Disney, but are the live actions even any good? Like, I know they're in this generation of making all these live action films Uh of our, like, classic, you know, Disney movies. I don't know. How do y'all feel about the other live actions that they've made? So so you mean like like in general? So you mean like there's supposed to be a live action of uh, Little Mermaid? Or they've made Aladdin. Right. What else? Cinderella. Lion Lion King is coming out. Lion King is about to come out. Oh. Like, are they even any good? You know? So I heard Aladdin was good. Okay. Okay. I heard Aladdin was good. Um, I'm I'm lightweight lightweight excited to see um, Lion King. Lion King. It looks like they're gonna stay true to the story. The story in the cartoon. Or the animated version. Um, and then, of course, like, I'm not a Beyonce stan. I wouldn't say I'm a stan, but I really am a fan of hers. And just yeah, to yeah. see, you know, Herbie Nala, I, I, that's a that's a huge, mm-hmm. that's a huge thing. And especially because Nala is such a beloved character. Yeah. But there, that is that is real, right? That there is a complicated relationship with Disney. Or even if the when they remake them, are they... Good, as good as you remember when you right. were a kid, or yeah. produced well in the way that you want to see it. A lot of folks know. have recommended to go see Aladdin, so mm-hmm. I still haven't gone what? yet. Yeah, I still haven't gone You'll yet. You'll see your earrings in Aladdin. <laughs> oh. You'll see it. <laughs> see, the only thing is, is that like these are fake ass earrings, so I think the gold Honey. might be coming off of them. I love it. <laughs> They've been in the pool for a minute, so I'm surprised that they still look the color they look. <laughs> they popping. <laughs> And uh, I think even just, you know, thinking about, like, the root of my irritation with this is, like, it's making me think about how recently in Oregon there was that law that passed in in terms of uh, folks being able to sue um, racially motivated mm-hmm. calls. So someone like Barbecue Becky mm-hmm. or, uh, dang, I forgot all the other names know, that right? they was naming right, folks. Right, right. But folks like that who call, like, uh, the cops on people of color um, can sue, you know, can sue those people who make those calls if it's 
um, solely based on, you know, like uh, the color of their skin, mm. you know, racially motivated calls. Right, yeah, like yeah. they have, they have the leeway or they ha- it's in law that they could sue those folks. I thought that was pretty dope. It's like, shit, can we get that passed everywhere? <laughs> right. right. I'm tired of these gentrifiers and these motherfuckers coming in and <clears throat> changing shit up. So damn irritating. But that's my bruh. <laughs> that's my long ass bruh for this week. What about y'all? Uh, the bruh? I think the, the one we was talking about was... Uh, uh, I didn't read the article. I just been seeing it like pop up on my feed a lot on Facebook. Is uh-huh. uh, is like renaming... Um, uh, mm. changing Oceania to yeah. oh, Moana, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so that's yeah. been coming up on my on my feed a lot. And um, can you talk about that a little bit, uh, Drew, to give folks uh, some context? So, like the the like the the region where a lot of uh, islanders come from, Pacific Islanders come from. They hail from the Pacific Islands, right? And so, like a more inclusive, um, kind of like uh, reclaiming, like renaming like of of the region is mm-hmm. is Oceania right and so there's there was a, a group of scholars uh, having like a debate about it thinking that they should uh rename the the region Moana uh. and there's been like a lot of you know for it uh, there's been a lot of pushback for from it as well and um I think uh you know just because I haven't read the article and just going off of like that basis is like it's like it's a no for me to change it to Word. to uh, Moana just uh-huh. because of mm-hmm. uh, you know like uh, the Pacific doesn't re- doesn't just isn't a representation of just Polynesian communities. Right. There's uh, the Micronesian community and Melanesian community as well that doesn't mm-hmm. really have a voice. Yeah. Like in that, uh, in um, where where the term Moana doesn't really translate in there in different languages that exist in Micronesia as well as Melanesia. Right. Um, and so that's, yeah, that's just where I stand in terms of that, I, you know, again, I haven't really gone into detail about that, that article or what's going on about that, about that situation. But uh-huh. that's just like, when I hear it, that's, that's like what's going on in my head is like, you know, there need to be more people at the table <coughs> to kind of have that conversation. Exactly. And, um, you know, the, the term Oceania is a, is a, is a super inclusive term for me that I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so why are we even having this conversation of changing the name? You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. Um, but you know, that's just me. Nah. I think one of the, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. I think I'm one of the, the um, yeah. one of the articles. I only I didn't read the whole thing either. I kind of read it briefly. But I think there's an artist from Papua New Guinea who actually was sharing that the um, sentiment to name thing to be one thing is like a western concept right mm. of like yeah, yeah we can how come we can't have all of our different understandings from the positions that we are from right, right. to um call a space home you know right. it doesn't have to be one thing right. so i i feel like that's what she was adding and mm. arguing which is kind of where you were leaving off too and i like i like that sentiment around how us doing that is a western concept versus uh a more uh indigenous and uh, Pacific way of uh, referring to things. Because um, something that comes up for me is just thinking about like how my understanding of of um, the pos- our positionality as the Pacific mm-hmm. um, and how politicized it is. <clears throat> right. Because so many folks, I-, I feel like so many folks are you know still at the level of mm-hmm. thinking that everything that they're talking about, whether it be. Uh, 
centered in Polynesia or not encompasses everyone, right? And I've had these, I've had these conversations many a times with folks, even with folks who I was surprised to have these conversations with about like how we tend to be uh, very polycentric mm. when encompass <clears throat> and we leave out right or we disregard. Uh, folks from Micronesia and Melanesia. Right. Mm. And it was in doing a lot of community work um, where I learned about, oh, so we're, we're, uh, we're not including, you know, uh, those folks and how we all know what it feels like right. to be left out mm-hmm. as a community, especially yeah. here in the diaspora. Right. Um, and so like trying to, ed- you know, like, try- like wanting to educate folks or just uh, help expand our you know our views or our knowledge like there's so much resistance right Right. like we're met with so much resistance of like wanting to expand Mm -hmm. um our language Mm -hmm. and i really i i i didn't read the article the only reason i found out about this was um on twitter Mm -hmm. there was a lot of discourse from one of our uh, I, i believe she's palauan one of our palauan sisters on twitter she goes by island irie uh, her name on Twitter is Lily Soros Rex. Now I think she's connected with um, what's our folks who has the podcast, the Shenanigans. Oh, um, Marie, Marie, what's her name? Shaw. Yeah, Shaw. Um, and she was just speaking. She was just speaking out a lot of a lot about how Moana is not inclusive and is very polycentric. Um, and I was just reading through the thread, and I was like, damn, I didn't know like. That all this was happening, um, and I think it's based on, it's based off of you know this article, mm-hmm. and so I'm really glad that like our folks from these different communities are speaking up and shedding light on this because, you know, we do need to be more inclusive and and um, and in, and encompass all of us <clears throat> in, in this uh, in this discourse. Yeah. I'm trying to find um, this post because um, remember we gave a shout out to that poet. Um, Grace Tuila from New Zealand. Uh-huh. Yeah. So she um she really gave a really good uh breakdown on why she does not use the term Pacific anymore. Mm-hmm. And, it, and she like I can't find the post so irritated about it. But um yeah, it was an interesting um it was interesting to kinda read kind of like the historical you know context that she was able to kind of break down on why she doesn't use that no more and this is why and i'm like oh so i'm just i couldn't find it because it would kind of add to this conversation and really give us some more substance but what does she use instead did she say <sighs> it has oh, you guys keep talking let me, let me, i'm gonna find this well, i know think... pacific comes from magellan Magellan's yeah. the one that named right. the Pacific the Pacific. And I think this goes to the conversation that we've had before, Lost, where I feel like I was really um, enlightened or like, you know, able to see beyond what I already saw in terms of like us centering ourselves based on these names of like Polynesia, Melanesia, and Micronesia, right? That like we're using these terms that were uh, placed upon us from white colonialists, white explorers. Mm. Right. Um, whereas we were much more, and we were something before we were given those, those, uh, scientific names and mm -hmm. terms. Right. And I really, that's why I really appreciate the term Oceania, Mm -hmm. you know, um, because I feel like the first time I heard that was reading Our Sea of Islands by Abeli Haofa and how like a lot of us, especially, you know, in the academic 
um, seen have used that more often than saying like uh, the Pacific or Pacific Islanders, right. you know. And there's such a there's such a political uh, or there's such a it's, not, it's political and also radical, right? Mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. say or to refer to Pacific Islanders as Oce- Oceania, mm-hmm. right? Um, I mean, I don't know. Does does it ring any of that for yeah, you? Yeah, no. I feel like that's where it comes from for me as well. Is that essay Garcia of Islands, where I, I think you've explained this before in the podcast too, but um, where when people look at us coming from the Pacific, it's like, oh, you're from these small islands over there. Like I'm over here, and y'all are way over there, and y'all are from these little dots in the ocean. Right. With Oceania and our Sea of Islands, it's kind of accepting that in our world, our indigenous worldviews, mm-hmm. we view the, the world as not just those islands, but the oceans that we come from, the mm. sky above, right. below, um, and it's 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 vast. Mm-hmm. And and when we acknowledge that vastness, we also acknowledge the relationships within us or between us yeah. that still make it real from where we are now, which is Turtle Island, California, mm-hmm. US, you know? So, yeah, I, I, I have the same feelings and thoughts as you and agree with what you've shared as well. And, and I feel like it's, uh, it's really, imp- what's the word, imperative for us to, like, continue to have these conversations and, and um, you know, do these kinds of teachings and just have these kind of conversations in these spaces with so many of our people uh, because it could be, you know, very academic, academic, but it's not, you know, because it's, it's also, it's also just like Maybe. impactful in, in regular outside of the institution of academia. Right. Well, cause to me, the, re- the reason why it's real is because if you say Polynesian, Melanesia, Micronesia, those are things that are kind of made up, but we make them real yeah. by being by claiming them and being and moving within them as like con- being constructed things. It's just like race, right? Like race is definitely something that is made up too, Word. but it it created our society that we live in, uh-huh. you know. So they're all like um, important to think about, and, and um, but also easy to brush off, like it doesn't exist. I guess if that makes sense. No, that makes no sense. Because yeah. we do the same with race and with, uh, with these conversations around like these different distinctions, right? Like we can just brush it off, like eh, you know, when we say poly, we just mean everybody. But it's like, yeah, you you mean it, but the impact is different, right? The intent versus the impact is very different. Yeah, sorry guys, I couldn't find it, it's but okay. we it's will okay. post it's it. I think it's probably around the same. It is the same idea yeah. of like just wanting to. Just needing to be more inclusive, right? Right, Especially yeah. Especially as, uh, as people of Oceania. Yes. As Pacifica people that, like, we we have to do... A, especially if we're of Polynesian, quote-unquote, Polynesian descent, that, like, yeah. it's it would behoove us to be more inclusive of our right. Melanesian yeah. and Micronesian I know. Uh, family because they are... Um, they feel excluded. It's yeah. not that we're saying they're excluded. It's... Is that that's how they're feeling based on how we're having these conversations, and it's like, why change it to Moana? Yeah. I mean, I get it. it I, I get like why they want to say something like that, but I don't know. Okay. Well, bruh. <laughs> What's going on, partner? Okay. First of all, let's talk about this Miss Helala. 
whole incident. You know, I st- I stand by Carlo, or I stand with Carlo. Can you tell us a bit about what happened? Yeah. Okay, I'm like, so. Yeah, what's going on? I know a bit, but I don't really Everybody know. Everybody was okay. talking about like, wait, and I'm like, I only seen some stuff, but I didn't look into it. So basically, um, she was... Oh, well, well, Teresa was the one that, you know, she's the one that's constantly putting everybody on and like mm-hmm. just posting things that to bring awareness. And she posted that Kahlo, the outgoing Miss Halala, used her farewell speech to talk um, about the bullying torment she received from the pageant committee community. The committee cut off her mic mid-speech mm-hmm. and turned the music up on her. Mm. But she stood her ground and persisted to finish her speech with her mother and brother by her side. And I thought that was like, get it, Carlo. Yeah. You know, but it's sad, you know. We see that here in the Western. Mm-hmm. You know, but we like, come on. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like. It's I don't know. It's just uh, it was a sad thing to see, and but I love the the support that's coming out of our community, and I love how everyone's really trying to push just awareness. You know, it's sad that it is. It just happens to land on our oceanic people, but you know, it's like I mean, we're not exempt. Yeah, we're to, not exempt to to the foolery. Yeah, and um, yeah, that's this this has been something that's been on my newsfeed. It's just been like, what the. Heck? hell happened because I you know yeah. um, I've been following Lisi and Lisi's been posting good stuff and then um, last night I read um, Teresa's and I'm like oh my gosh I've seen a lot I mean, of different I've seen a lot of like uh, mixed reviews in terms of like um, in terms of different folk, folks posting about it like how you know there's folks who are running for Miss Halala that might not necessarily be from who are not from Tonga they right. might live outside of it whether in New Zealand or here in the U.S. and just a lot of either critic, you know, like folks criticizing the way that they they may speak, or that the way that they're uh, running, mm-hmm. um, and that yeah, this whole thing with the speech where she was just uh, cut off, like they cut her mic off and turned the music up. Ridiculous. It's it's so um, it's so sad that. That's almost as if, like, that's how we treat uh, people who want to speak up or who speak out about things that, you know, are are taboo or uh, forbidden to talk about, right? Mm -hmm. Really trying to hide and mask the truth and uh, shame of things. Mm -hmm. And for her to stand there and resist, like, that was was pretty dope. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's that's some... That's some... uh, some shady ass shit. Yeah. That was dope of her. Yeah. Her story in that yeah. way. And then mm-hmm. even when they cut the mic, people were still recording it and got it out there and people know that this is something that's going on. Yeah. They said uh, some uh, someone who was paying attention to it, they were they brought it up yesterday and were talking about how like folks even in the uh, audience, right, were, you know, there was a lot of people kamumuing under their breaths or Ridiculous. or just talking as she was trying to offer, you know, deliver her speech and, just that whole situation, right, is kind of reminiscent of like how it, it can be when folks want to speak out and speak up about something that like your own community, you know, may not have your back. The committee or the powers that be, you know, are trying to drown you out and, and cover shit up and make it as though like something's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. But you're right. You know, like big ups, mm-hmm. big ups to what's her name? Carlo. Big ups to Carlo for, you know, continuing to use that platform and speak up because... 
Yeah. That's what it's a. That's what it's about. And I, I don't really know Kahlo mm-hmm. from Adam, so, right. you know, I, I, I'm. This is just what I'm just kind of like picking up from just seeing her courage. Is that have they just let her sp- speak and kind of just share whatever she needs right. to? She probably would have landed with an encouragement mm-hmm. and hope that hey, you know, like I'm, I'm. Although I am highlighting the negative. I'm also going to bring it back to like, but this is what we need to do to kind of like, you know, deflate that whole negative, you know, energy or that negative, the negativity that's happening. Like, we, this is how we are going to put a stop to it. And this is how we're going to like, you know, do something. I just feel like she probably, you know, with her mom there, I, I really don't, I, I don't know. I just feel like if we, if we just heard her out, she probably would have said something to also empower those people, you know, like, mm-hmm. and to those who did this. I want to say I love you. I want to say, you know, like it would have made her look like a bigger person, but it would have also disempowered their hate, you know? So I don't know. I think it still would have been cool if she didn't. Yeah. You know, I think maybe she, I think her just exposing and and speaking truth about the treatment and discrimination she received, you know, is enough to hold that, uh, those folks and those powers that be with the pageant accountable. You know, because I know like some folks were like, I don't really follow the whole pageant, right. the pageantry thing because there's a lot of, there's a lot to, to say or be against with that, right? With just right. being a pageant in itself. Mm-hmm. You see, but when I think of culture, and this is from my experience, when I think of cultural or culture, I think of, well, that conversation should be had somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if an older generation probably said that's not the place to have it, so let's cut. You know, like for me, like if if I had done that, my dad would have been pissed off, said that you come here and we address that issue privately. We don't publicize that stuff, you know. So it's like my dad would have said, you went about it the Western way. That's how people in America do. But we don't do that. That's weird. We don't shame. We don't do those things, you know. So it's kind of like mixed for me, you know, because like to me, it's like there's an older generation that has this understanding like, man, we never bring shame to anybody, but we can address that. No, no problem. And sometimes it may, it doesn't get addressed. But for the most part, we like to handle things privately, at least from my experience. So, I, you know, a lot of those things can play in. It could be like, come on, we don't bring shame, especially in this platform. Like, we'll deal with shit off platform. But I don't know. These are all the things I thought about. I was like, maybe because culturally we don't do that, you know, or That's, maybe. There's a know. lot of things. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I completely agree with that because it is because of those like uh, those ideas of us only handling things with in-house, right? In-house. Right. When we address this shit um, behind closed doors, like, it's like, are we going to address this shit? Is anything going to be resolved? Do we, do we do anything when we only keep it in-house? Right. Right. If we bring light to uh, these certain, these certain uh, issues and, and acts, can there be more done that way versus just trying to handle it in house and right. at home. I mean, I don't know how y'all feel about that, yeah. but like, yeah. I yeah. think the video that that I watched, it was uh, it looked like she, um, she it was uh, she was filming it live. So it's my assumption, like she, my assumption based she had on an the agenda, video, yeah, like on like the video that I watched was like I think the the person knew like. Um, they they've been through a lot, uh-huh. and they were going to be vocal about it yeah. on the on that on that stage, 
and they knew the reaction of the committee, yeah, I guess, yeah, of the yeah. award, where that's why they went live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just thought that was like, uh, so there was just like a whole bunch of stuff going on in my head mm. right now, like, why is this happening? You know what I'm saying? And um, community versus um, a person that's that's enduring this. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. So somebody, was, somebody was pushed to the point where they felt like they had to do this. You yeah. know what I exactly. mean? Like, yeah. Um, where that's what that's what I was thinking was just like I don't I don't really know what's going right. on and it's just like but there must be something like yeah. drastic that's yeah. pushing this person to be like and, and I have to do yeah this. and it's not you to say I mean? that what they did was okay because right. it's still wrong like totally, should yeah. not have cut cut her off mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. but it's like I try to just see the cult from a cultural lens right. and more of, from like the older you know like because they they are the ones that are behind everything. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of like the shock of so right, 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 right. I don't know. It's it's difficult, but I can see everyone's view in this. Yeah, we want to hear from Lassie, I feel the same way, Drew, about like how you know she had to be pushed to a certain point to be like, you know what, fuck this. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna yeah. stand on this platform. I'm gonna use this time to speak up uh, because maybe she's being silenced outside of those spaces and yeah. silenced by these. You know, the older generation, like, hey, shut up. We don't talk about that. And maybe that's why she got her mom next to her. It's also, she's a representation of that generation. She's like, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she got the support, you know? She yeah. got the support from her people because, you know, maybe she, even if she had to do it alone, she could have, but she got her family but I with her. with the mom because, you know And what? her brother, too, And right? the brother because, like, I've had some, you know, not to ding my family, but, you know, I've had experiences where, you know, like, my dad would have me take the higher route like no don't do that let's just you know but that mom was like oh no one's gonna do that to my child come here mm-hmm. we're gonna get this shit right mm-hmm. what's mm-hmm. on your heart no okay we're gonna get right. we're gonna get whatever you need to do i'm behind you and it's like man that's love right. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah that was my bro guys bro <laughs> for real right yeah i mean there's a lot to say about pageant shit anyway. Right, right. <laughs> but big ups to uh, big ups to Carlo though for yeah. standing her ground and using we that platform to speak against bullying because bullying comes from all forms, right? We know it could come from the top down. Yeah, it definitely comes from the top down, and bullying bullying takes so many different forms. Yeah, because again, with how Teresa worded worded the whole thing, she said she not only got it from the committee. She also got it from the community. Exactly. So that's a lot, you know. Exactly, so. and we see that so many times. You know that like, there's there's been folks who speak out about you know uh, domestic violence, sexual violence, all these things, and they're using these platforms of like social media mm. uh, to speak about it. And there's so much backlash with the either the family or like, oh, why'd you put that out there? You know, you're making us look bad and da da da. But it's like, it. So all of that matters more than. Then the pain that this you know person must feel to be pushed to the, the the point of like needing to expose this shit, mm-hmm. they can, they can't find healing no other way. It's I would rather them do that than do the worst, you know, potentially end their life or something like that. I don't know. But yeah, shout out to you, Carlo, for speaking up and speaking out. Did you? Um, my bro was um. I've been thinking a lot about like um, the holiday that just passed. What was that? Yesterday, two Fourth days ago. July. Yeah, and like you know, um, uh, what I see a lot of is um, conversations around like the, the detention centers 
and mm-hmm. like mm. for migrant families. Right. Um, and a lot of like photos and then even uh, folks who are running for con- uh, for president, like going to visit the spaces and how many exist in our area or and the fact that I don't even know if people um, are conscious of like that conversation. Um, I don't know why I've, I've been feeling a lot of guilt to like learn more and and then even thinking about our communities um like for Samoans specifically, right? A lot of Samoans in the U.S. are coming from American Samoa. Mm. And so um, we don't, or our parents or generations above, right? Like, so we have the freedom to come here because uh, we have, folks have the status as nationals, right? To travel freely and, mm. then, and then have a pathway to citizenship. And, but people are coming from countries where like America is the one that like, put in drugs, gangs, and all of this crime and violence right. that people are fleeing from as refugees. Right. And then the fact that like young kids and families are trying to come here and they have always come back and forth to here. Mm. Um, I don't know. I don't know why that's heavy on my heart. Like mm. uh, in thinking about how as someone who is born in the U.S., has citizenship, is a, a Pacific person coming with like mixed lineage, um, what can I do or even not just to think about it, but actually have action or get other people to know what's going on. Um, thinking about like, what are the actions actually that people are planning yeah. and resisting the walls that they're trying to build at the border and understanding that this is again, um, targeting and uh, supporting white supremacy mm-hmm. in this nation because they're not talking about Canada, you know, like they're not right. talking about banning other immigrants from, um, what did, what did uh, 45 call it? Uh, the shithole countries, you mm-hmm. know, like, uh, it's definitely a racist agenda, and I, I don't know why that's so deep. With I've been, It's recurring. It's recurring and making me sad. Yeah, and, and there is so much uh, attention to that on online, on social media. And I think for me, too, I feel the same kind of guilt because I have the freedom to, like, see it and continue to scroll, right, when there's so much to learn. And and I do I do pay attention to those posts, especially when it's our community speaking up about it. Again, going back to folks like Teresa, yeah. even yourself, and and so many other folks who are really um, active in like knowing what's current and what's happening. Yeah. And then to pay attention to certain things like uh, um, you know, even to think about like AOC, right, Alexandria. Ocasio. Yeah, her, man, she's dope. And like just how she speaks up and speaks out about the detention centers and even this discourse around like the U.S. has, um, what what are they calling it? Uh, what's the word? It's escaping me right now. Concentration camps. Mm, yeah, the yeah, U.S. Yeah, has concentration camps. Call, call them what they are. Detention centers. Nah, these people are living in awful, horrible, right, re- wretched right. conditions. Mm-hmm. And it's all based... Kicking from the toilet. Yes. Not having a blanket. Not having a blanket. Giving, like, those big-ass pieces of what looks like, you know, foil and shit. Yeah, yeah. Being caged up, you know? And yeah. I-, I totally feel the same kind of guilt where it's like, I just have the privilege of being able to scroll yeah. past this. And it's... It's almost seems as like such a big issue as to like what can what can I do as an individual? What can we do as yeah. a community? You know, it's funny because um, yesterday one of my friends, um, I'm going to leave her name anonymous, but um, I asked if I could share a story because she she basically kind of spoke about this mm-hmm. issue. She's Fijian, 
And uh, she, this is what she, she wrote out. She said, my biological father and his wife came in yesterday from Fiji. They detained my mom and told my dad they will not let her in. And she is getting sent, she's being sent back. When my dad asked why, I said they don't need to tell him why. So my dad came to my aunt's house. Last night, my mom called, said that they're moving her to the detention center. And that was it. I said that they don't have to answer our questions. So we need to get a lawyer. This was yesterday. Like, and this is my Fijian partner. Like, I'm so just it like, is impacting other communities. Yeah, Bruh. it's, it's impacting yeah. all, all communities. And there's there's such an attention on um, the Latino community and as Pacific Islanders, we don't often think that it it impacts us, especially uh, whether or not we are, you know, from American Samoa as U.S. nationals or we're born here. Yeah, you know, in the diaspora. So but that, we don't think it that impacts broke. Us. You know, my heart. I was yeah. like, oh my. This is getting like I mean it's it's it was it's been real but now this shit is like seeping through like other you know and it's just it's it's ridiculous that's why it's like it, it hits a little harder when it when it actually impacts your own home your own community backyard so the question is what do we need to do to draw more awareness like what uh, collectively as people as a community, whether in the Bay Area or Pacific Islander people, like, what are some advice to like say, hey, start doing this, start promoting this, start, you know, start doing. Like, I want to know, like, where's the where's the start? Because like, yeah. I think that's the question we're all asking. We're all right? looking like, for, right? I think even to your point, right about your bruh, is is that there's like, levels to it, but I don't know what where it to would start. Take. Like, yeah. I know that you can in, in San Francisco you can volunteer at spaces and then donate things but it's like how much are good is it gonna like to mm. give things and then I don't even think some spaces are accepting donations mm-hmm. you know to take care of it I think what it is is the shit shouldn't exist like exactly. it, like how do we make it so that they don't exist mm-hmm. but I wouldn't even know like how to get rid of them because um, I feel like I've, I've seen a list of a lot of the different companies that help to um create the concentration camp detention centers and so people can divest their money from those right. those things that are serving you mm-hmm. know and helping um to put those spaces on but it's it's a lot of levels yeah. to it you know like is it is it we're gonna march and do direct a- action is it we're gonna call our congressman is mm. it is it we're gonna donate and try to stop you know um and help the people that are going there i i don't know I don't know. I think it takes, you know, it really takes us to be informed mm-hmm. first and foremost. Yeah, um, that's it. And to that's, be educated that's a starting and informed. point yeah. that we can that we can all. I wonder which ones where are they in the bay? Mm-hmm. It's like what you're saying, right? Oh. Um, so if folks, are, you know, are aware of like how folks can get active or get, you know, what what folks can do to be engaged in this fight against uh, dismantling and disrupting all of this work. This work around uh, immigration and ICE and these concentration camps, like, please reach out to us and put us on because, you know, we got to do this for the culture, right? right? Like, we all play a part in in um, just putting a stop to this shit, yeah. you know? Damn. Yeah, and then the other thing is, is like, I think, uh, you know, our, our communities, like, uh, you know, Sit in pockets of privilege, mm. where we're so easy to it, it's so easy to practice like uh, this narrative of that's not my problem. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that hit me when you shared your story about your your homie of like 
that happened yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. You know, and a lot of the the, the folks that I, I I connect with and and try to talk about this issue, like they kind of like throw it at me, like, well, that's not my problem. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not happening to me. But when it happens to you, like that's when it becomes real. And, right. Um. Yeah, that's that's just that's just too trill for me. You know what I'm saying? Like just to hear that, that hurts my heart. Um. So shout out, you know, whoever you are, you know, the Bex, the Bex friend, like, you know, so much Our love. Our friend. Yeah. So much love. So much love to, to your friend, you know yeah. what I'm saying, that's going through this process. I think that's, that's, it's just, you know, for the community, like, you know, it's a big eye opener. It's, it's, it mm. is your problem. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It is your problem. It can impact you yeah. when you don't even, when, when you least expect it. Yeah. Yeah, these brothers are deep. Sheesh. I mean, there's a lot of shit going on, you know, and 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 I know it. We only just scratched the surface, and we really just are able to release and take a breath from it. Um, and hopefully, we can continue to have these conversations and really offer up food for thought and use the platforms that we're on to push, um, push these issues and push these conversations. Um, but we're going to do something new on this episode. We got some announcements for y'all. So we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Come learn about how to access health insurance and prenatal services for Pacific Islanders in Alameda County. It is a free event with free entertainment and free food. Best of all, free resources for other from other organizations for Pacific Islanders. The goal of the collaboration between Tifi Moana and Happy is to bring Pacific Islanders community resources and culture under one roof. Please RSVP for the event at www.tifahappyshowcase.eventbrite.com. And also follow Tifa Moana Dance on Instagram and Facebook at Tifa Moana Dance. Thank you. All right, y'all. Welcome back to the, our one of our favorite segments. It's our ICU segment. But Bex and I, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to pass our ICUs off to our guests. So, Drew and Loss, y'all got any ICUs for this week? Um, yeah. The ICU, um, I want to give um, ICU to the executive director of the Samoan Community Development Center yes. um, in San Francisco, Patsy Tito, and the wonderful staff over there um, just doing amazing work. Hell yeah. Yeah, so I saw, I see y'all. I see y'all. Uh, I had the pleasure of visiting them a few weeks nice. ago and seeing the great work that they're doing over there, and they're, they're doing amazing work, so shout out to them. Can I you tell y'all. us a little bit about what's cracking over there at the Samoan Community Development Center, right. also known as SCDC? SCDC, yeah. So right now they're running the, the, the summer program, the uh-huh. Pacific Islander Youth Alliance, and so it happened like the second week of June, and it ends the third week of July. I don't really know the exact dates, but wow. it's just an awesome opportunity for young Pacific Islander youth to... Uh, get exposure to the culture, um, you know, build with their community, build with yeah. their peers, um, get connected. I, I'm a proud alumni of that program. Um, it's done wonders for me, you know what I'm saying, as, as an adult now. Um, and then um, they, I'm not sure, uh, the, they they do a lot of case case management. There, there's a lot of case workers that work out of Samoa, SEDC, where... Uh-huh. They're in the schools working with uh, young people, 
Um, just trying to working with young Pacific people, specifically Samoans in the city of San Francisco. Um, it was just, uh, uh, I was, you know, former youth worker myself. I found myself super jaded in terms of like working in those spaces where I felt super rejuvenated, um, being in uh, a space like SCDC. So I, you know, and it, and, um, it definitely, uh, put a little pep in my step in the work that I do Mm. with, with students as Mm. well. So I wanted to take the time to recognize Patsy Tito and uh, my Auntie Patsy. And, uh, yeah, Auntie Patsy. Yeah. And, Auntie SC, and the great people at SCDC. So shout out to y'all. Absolutely. Nice. And they have the uh, Samoan Wellness Initiative, too, that Samoan. they run there with Uncle right. Neil. Yeah, shout out to Uncle yeah, Neil. Yeah, there's a big focus on like mental health. And so there's mm-hmm, so many mm-hmm. different services. I know they also run... like. Uh, they also do some bingo, right? For, yeah, uh, for yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah. yeah, and not just to do bingo, just to, for the sake of doing bingo, but mm-hmm. also yeah, senior like... program. Yeah, senior program, yeah. and the bingo is part of it. They mm-hmm. do a lot of like uh, health education as mm-hmm. well as physical activity mm-hmm. with the mm-hmm. elders. Yeah. yeah. So the, the way we do it is we say, Patsy Tito, I see you. you. All right. Hey. What's up? Cool. How about you, Lash? You got an ICU? Um, my ICU is uh, someone that we do a lot of work with. Her name is Sarah Wong King Tanuvasa. She actually leads um, a program um, at PIYA, which is Pacific Islander Youth Alliance that Drew was sharing at SCDC. And I think that program with uh, her youth focuses on talking specifically about mental health. But then full-time, nice. she works... Um, at City College of San Francisco with the Metro Academies program that helps students to transfer um, out of uh, City College. And we I know her from my first year of college because she was the president of the Pacific Islanders Club. And I think this past year, Drew and I have got to do a lot of work with her mm-hmm. that we'll share in a bit about. And I just really appreciate how she's an amazing educator, amazing orator. Um, I believe right now her and her husband are celebrating their anniversary. So yeah. I just, um, you know, uh, appre- I just want to appreciate her and, right. and being a, an amazing young leader to to watch. and uh, Or not amazing young leader to watch, but amazing um, teacher, educator, person all around. Nice. Like she does a lot of community work and, and working in the schools and, and understands the importance of the connection between community and, edu- and education. Uh-huh. And I've, I think I just... Uh, have learned a lot. So I see you, Sarah. She's also, uh, she's a professor at SF State yes, as well, Yes, she right? teaches, so she teaches the health and wellness among Pacific Islanders course at San Francisco State University. Awesome. Yep. So all of that to say, Sarah Wong Tanuvasa. Yeah. Wong King. Wong King Tanuvasa. I see you. All right, y'all. So we're going we gonna to shoot to this uh, last announcement before we get into our Chop It Up section. We'll be right back. What's going on, FTQ fam? My name is Drew Vai, and I'm here to promote the Wayfinders Scholarship. The Wayfinders Scholarship is a collaboration between the Wayfinders brand and scholars, Levelasi Loyan and myself. We are here to promote two scholarship awards of $1,000. Uh, the requirements that you have to meet uh, as a student is you must be a current full-time student in a university or community college in the state of California. You must identify with being Pacific Islander. That being specifically means Melanesian, Micronesian, and of Polynesian descent. You must have a cumulative uh, GPA of 2.0 or higher and submit the application, transcripts, and video submissions by August 31st. All the information you can find on the Fearless Wayfinders website, which is fearlesswayfinders.com. 
or you can email us at wayfinderscholarship at gmail.com. Thank you. All right, y'all, we back uh, for our last segment where we really get to dive in deep with this beautiful couple here, this relationship goes right here <laughs> with uh, Professor Las and the Uso Drew. Um, again, y'all, it's, really, it's been really fruitful to have y'all here um, and engage in these conversations, especially to have these conversations mm-hmm. on, on air, on this platform right. that we usually have in just the different spaces we, we share uh, with each other. And so we just wanted to hop in real quick. You know, there's been a lot of talk around, you know, um, academia and these spaces uh, within higher education, right. as well as a uh, community, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of community. Oh, my God. Hey, it's working. I know. It's, really, it's it working. Really is working. I'm so I, mad, though. <laughs> right now. It's all good. Important. Right you know, we got, we got calls and shit. We got people tuning in, tapping in already. Um, as well as we were talking a little bit about just, um, I don't know if it came up earlier. We're going to talk about a little bit of the, the wayfinders, Mm -hmm. right? A little bit about the fearless wayfinders. Um, and also just how you all, how you all like are able to manage all of these spaces you all belong to and still find time for each other. Cool. Yeah. Um, so something I know is that, uh, you, like you shared earlier, Drew, you're right now in your, um, second year as a grad student Mm -hmm. and lost, you recently have, uh, graduated from SF state with your master's uh, in the master's program and are currently teaching. (laughs) Um, and so this, I was really thinking about like how education is such a, it plays such a big role in your lives. Right, and I always like to think about education as resistance. Right, yeah. mm. um, it's a form of resistance because a lot of these uh, higher institutions or these institutions for higher education uh, were designed without us in mind. Mm-hmm. Right, without us as um, Oceania people in mind. And so I just wanted to pose this question about how you all feel or how you all see uh, your journey in academia as form or as forms of resistance or as a form of resistance. If at all, mm-hmm. and maybe share a little bit about like what you know, like why academia was uh, so important, or why it was a path that you took. Yeah, the people want to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think um, it starts like in, in K through twelve. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So mm. like, uh, all going all the way up to my junior year in high school. I think there was. You know, you get the uh, the regular or the the standard education, right? You get American. the math, English, American history, mm. and all that stuff like that. So going up to my junior year, um, I didn't think it was going to be anything different. And so I was in a, a, an American history class uh, my junior year of high school. And my teacher during the time, his name was... Uh, uh, Mr. Benedicto, he uh, decided to switch it. He switched it up. He's like, I'm going to teach y'all American history from uh, the other, another perspective. So mm. from communities, from countries that were affected by American government, mm. right? Oh, so nice. we learned a lot about like 
the Philippines. We learned about uh, Latin America. Latin America. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learned about um, what other uh, I like about America's influence in like uh, the Middle East as well as mm. in certain parts of Asia. Mm-hmm. And then then he spent the day um, on Samoa. Oh, yeah, word. yeah, and so like he spent the, like one lecture on Samoa, and um, when he he kind of like previewed it like before the uh, before we went into the next class, he's like, okay, next week we're gonna be talking about Samoa, and it kind of just like you know like it, it clicked for me and my eyes lit up, yeah. and um, I didn't know like I didn't know it was gonna be this door, this door that was gonna open open up and, and bring me into a whole other world mm. where. Um, you know the the topic was centered around our folks, and um, and it was important, oh, right? Yeah, <laughs> right, 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 right. Sorry, I was like, yeah. oh shit, we just think about Ariel <laughs> and Little Mermaid. Yeah, the connection. You know yeah, what I mean? <laughs> uh, and 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 um, and that's just that's just how it's always been, mm-hmm. like within like education is just mm. like finding learning more truth about like um about your community. Um, even like the, the the truth, like within yourself, you know what I'm saying? Like, so there's levels to to this um, to this idea of education, and uh-huh. it doesn't necessarily like uh, um, is restricted like within like the the walls of the school. Yeah. Like right. Education yeah, yeah, yeah. is consistently happening like well amongst our peers, yeah. amongst OGs and all that stuff at like home. that at home, right? On the and block, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the it's garage. all right, in the, in right. The bingo hall. <laughs> For sure, yeah, yeah, and and, and that's all valid. That's, that's all, that's all yeah. valid. Yeah, like yeah. nothing's like nothing's off. Uh, you know, what's what's that word? Uh, all is fair. You know, mm-hmm. all is fair play in this process, and um, that's how like um, um, I use like education as resistance. It's, it's forced me to be critical, where I'm never really content in hearing like um, hearing somebody say something to me that. That made that maybe to them like the all seeing truth. I'm right. always like in myself saying like, but why? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. um, where did you where where did you learn that from? You know what I'm saying? Mm. But I can and, I, and, I, and then I can also have that engagement where it's like, you know what I'm saying? That's that's your lane, and I accept it for what it is. But mm. you know that's that's just not my preference. You know right, what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's the way I use um, education as resistance is like um, having an opportunity to learn more about myself. Um, and but also gain that gain that tool of being critical, um, where it, it's helping me grow. You know, mm-hmm. it's part of it's part of the process of helping me grow. Nice. Yeah, that's what's up. And I feel like I really uh, I really can relate to how the lights went off for you when Samoa was a focus right, right, right. within the curriculum mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, of learning U.S. history, right? right because right, right. I feel like yeah, we're learning all these. Uh, we're learning all these cool histories, right? Because I would really be interested in learning uh, that same thing. But right. I think when we are also a focus within things, mm-hmm. it gives us something special because, you know, oftentimes we're not um, ever taught about ourselves right. in mm-hmm. in curriculums or mm-hmm. within the context of, like, U.S. history. And so, yeah, yeah definitely. So true, so true. And, and I think even just a, just a follow-up question with, you know, uh, how you use – or how you view like your education as a form of resistance um with being critical like is are you ever in a space where it's like you you ha- you have it uh turned on and you might want to turn it off yeah yeah and that's the and that's the like the tough part is it never turns off uh-huh you know what I mean it never yeah. turns off you're always um 
um, you're always you know, you 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 have to practice like mindfulness, mm-hmm. like of when you when you know like you know that idea of there's a time and a place to like have these conversations, right. and then also filling out like who do you think is gonna be uh, receptive to like like these kind of conversations, like mm. you know obviously uh, one of like the professors are. Uh, um, uh, I draw like inspiration from his name is Larry Solomon. He teaches like an organizing organizing class at SF State, and one of the things he he taught me was like um, when we're talking about this idea of wokeness and all that stuff like that, and the stuff that comes with it, like you can't you can't bring that energy to your mom. Mm, you yeah. can't bring that energy to your auntie. Right. You're not gonna go into the community and be like. Columbus did this, the A, B, and C, D. Right, you know, because right. what are they gonna do? They're gonna tune you out, and most likely, a lot of the times, like our community's old school, they're gonna call you out, or it's yeah. just gonna come to the hands. You know what I <laughs> mean? Like, so like, there's definitely like a time and a place where, um, where that happens, but it's also like there's there's a there's an opportunity to like jump into those spaces to be transformative. Like, yeah. I feel like like this platform is like an awesome opportunity for. Folks who are super conservative, folks who are super liberal, mm. or you know what I'm saying, to like sit in and listen to like what Pacific people are talking about, like in a safe, you know, you know, safe manner. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like this is like, you know, this is like an awesome platform for that to happen, for right that on. transformative work mm. to happen. So yeah. Does that answer your question? Oh yeah, yeah. definitely, okay. definitely, bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean you you draw on a lot of good points in terms of like uh our criticalness and our consciousness mm-hmm. and how we mm. Uh, can be creative mm-hmm. in how we um, how we engage in that right. with with other folks who may be in or outside of you know um, normally having those kinds of conversations because I think it's all about framing right right mm-hmm. so, uh, because in order like for us to um, share our critical views and critical points maybe we can frame it in a way where it's like we you know we're, we're able to educate educate folks but like not giving them the education or like giving them like what it is, but ha- setting up a way for them to get to that point right. um, on their own. Yeah. It's like, mm. uh, it's not lecturing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's not lecturing. lecturing. It's more of like teaching moments. Yeah. Right. Right, right. right. Totally. right on. Right on us. Right on, right on. How about you, Lass? Um, The question is how do we see academia as resistance or education as resistance? Um, like apply it in our lives? Like you, yeah, maybe your own, uh, your own journey within your, uh, your own academic journey okay. and your journey in education, however you define education, because like like you said, Drew, it's it's not confined to the walls of the institution, but just how you have uh, viewed your journey in education as a form of resistance. Yeah. Um. So. Mine is kind of my story is kind of similar to Drew, where and actually it connects also to the question that we first asked in the beginning of the podcast. My sister passed away when I was in high school, and one of the programs that I um, I moved from Fresno to San, to San Francisco or the Bay Area, and um, one of the classes that I got enrolled in was not only focused on um, 
like telling people's stories and other narratives mm. of history, but mm. it was specifically to like it was called Panoy Panay Educational Partnerships, a mm. program from San Francisco State that focused on teaching sure. ethnic studies. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to Pep, um, nice. teaching ethnic studies from like the Filipino American experience. Mm. And so from there, like I got to do oral history with my grandpa and have a real conversation of like wow. why did he bring our family to the states? What was his life like growing up in Samoa? Or wow. actually, he's from Swains Island or Olohenga. He's Tokelauan. And um, wow. that like was eye opening for me, and I knew that I loved like I had a hunger for stories my whole life, mm. wow. and so I just wanted to continue to capture that, and I um, ended up enrolling at San Francisco State University, but I didn't see any history like focused on our peoples, mm. and I knew I wanted to be a part of making that happen somehow, and so I think that journey has helped me to learn how to become a teacher in the, in the classroom. And I think education happens everywhere, right? Yeah. Yeah. But with our, our, our specific stories that we're bringing today is how do we practice that within like higher ed mm-hmm. of like college leveling up. And I feel one one time I was at a conference a few summers ago, there's this professor, his name is Jeff Duncan Andrade. And he, oh, he's um, dope. yeah, he talks about, uh, he uses Tupac um, in a lot of his work uh, in framing like how we are the uh, roses that come from concrete, mm-hmm. um, using that lyric with Tupac. And he started a school called Roses in Concrete. And I got to um, see him at a conference. He was kind of sharing how in the work that we do as educators, how do we not only teach not not teach our students how to get out of poverty but how to get rid of poverty right mm. so in like liberation education it's really like framing a lot of the questions that drew like we were we've been bringing up is where where are you positioning yourself um how are we connected to peoples of this land people who have mm. been like um used used and killed and and um stepped on to create the spaces that we exist on now right. and then the journeys that our ancestors like went through to yeah. c- be someone and continue to like be someone through us here today so i think like we do that work in the classroom uh with ethnic studies so drew's in the ethnic studies program at the state it's the first and only college oh, of ethnic oh, studies in oh. the nation we're 50 years ago <laughs> like this year right it's the 50th anniversary of students that went on strike like put their bodies on the line ended up in prison to create to create classes and uh, um spaces for for like ethnic studies and oh. and so it's just always consistently like having that question of how I think in other spaces, right? Like you can be someone and be in in like um like business, uh-huh. right? But if you are a someone who had um like an educational experience or any type of space that helped you to gain gain that confidence and mm. and confront like um everything that's attacking what your culture is, how can you use that lens really, you know, to to do work for our people, right? Absolutely. Or just come from that position. So I don't know if that answered your question, but I feel yeah. like that's mm. that's the t- those are my like stringing together thoughts of how I feel about education and and yeah. the, and then just using using it as opportunities to continue to create and and build wealth for our peoples in connection to other people. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You def- yeah, you're definitely. Uh, <laughs> both of you are. Answering the question and then some to like I'm really feeling me Mika right now you know like <laughs> just <laughs> no just hella like um, proud and and um, comforted in this space right that we have folks like you in our community yeah. that are doing Empower. this work empowering um, our communities and really not only 
not only empowering, but like setting up spaces for us institutionally, mm. right? And uh, I think something that you, you're speaking about within your journey is positionality, right? And how how to use that to advance our community to for our community, right? And so um, something that you shared, Lassie, in terms of uh, working with the Filipino community is that uh, you participated in the the Pinoy Pinay education program. Um, what was it like to work with, you know, uh, an, I would assume an, a community that's not yours, right? Um, how, how was it working in that space with a, a different community other than yours? I think um, it's allowed me to see where we align Mm-hmm. But also mm. where we dif- we we are different, and I think a lot of my training has come from like the directors of that program. So, uh, the director Allison Tintiango Kumbales, um, she it was like the chair for my thesis mm-hmm. that I did last year, and then um, Arlene Dallas McBall is actually my boss in my job that I have full time with Asian American and Pacific Islander Student Services. So those two women have been like crucial in um, mentoring me and in, in oh. who I am in like teaching as a, in pedagogy. And mm-hmm. then um, I think it's I've had like these conversations with folks about like Filipinos and Pacific Islanders mm. and and culturally where we stand how can we have the conversations of uh i i feel like the dialogue is out there about filipinos being filipino and then who are pacific islanders which we've touched on today too right and so um sorry is that your question i mean there's like what yeah. have i learned how's it been what, what, what you've taken away and i think even just that conversation alone is such a big one mm-hmm. with uh you know the filipino community or filipinex community um and our community as Pacific Islanders, right? There's always that lingering question of like, are they Pacific Islander or are they not? Right. Mm. And to take it a step further, right, with the whole question of like, well, who are we? Why are we even calling ourselves Pacific Islanders in the first place? Yeah. Right. Um, and I think it's really just a takeaway of like working with other communities, right? Um, which is a great segue into the into my next question about just working in community. Mm-hmm. Um, now you both you both shared that you. M- have met in the work, right? right. Mm. Uh, now, was the work... <laughs> is, yeah. Now, was the work... <laughs> so you had... <laughs> okay, okay! <laughs> this is that... It makes me think of that meme where uh, it said, uh, you had me at social justice. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay I should really tell you the story. It's hella funny. Oh, let, let yeah, us please. know. Put us on. Put us on. No, the, the, okay, so, yeah, the other pro, okay, so the other, I was talking about PEP, but the other program I was in was called Peer Resources. Shout out to Peers, y'all, yeah. Uh, And basically what they did in that program was um, teach youth, like, conflict mediation Uh skills and, like, mentorship. And so I, and leadership. And leadership. leadership. Yeah, I applied to be a a member of this, something called the Youth Council, where, so that, at that time, Peer Resources was in 13 different high schools, and I came from Burton High School as a as a junior, I think, and I applied to be a part of something called the Youth Council, where every school site would apply for grants uh, to create programming, and 
Drew actually was helping um, to facilitate the youth council when I joined it. And so actually the first time I saw Drew was he was okay. making he was, he was making a community agreements poster because he's a really dope artist too. Yes. And like I didn't think another someone would be in the space. This is the time where like nobody was like doing or I guess young folks. I didn't see yeah. any folks doing community work then. And so like I always tell Drew, it's like, I fell in love like the first time. Okay. Drew. I fell in love at the community agreement. Yeah, like, right. That's baby, the real story. Baby, baby, I, I was like, know. Uh, who's that? Who's that? That's when you heard Made It Last Forever. <laughs> 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 like, I, mean, I was, I was like, so the, we were doing this, uh, it's called YAR. It's a YAR conference called Youth Art Resources Conference. Hey, nice. um, that's dope. I was making the posters for her workshop. Hoi, hoi, hoi. And now you're still doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Twelve years later. Twelve years later. And and no lie, the, like the feeling, the feeling like that that Lost was explaining, like when she saw me, it was mutual for me. Ooh, the oh like, my mag- gosh, oh, the energy, all the, the hearts <laughs> going across the, the table, the crashing of waves. Yeah. Oh. But the, yeah, like the like definitely like the feeling was mutual. It was one of those things where it was like, um, because I, I was an intern at that program, mm. um, during the time, and I found myself in in spaces where, you know, there weren't folks like us in, in those spaces. So it was really like lonely uh, in, in in those spaces. Oy, oy, oy. But then it's also like it's also encouraging to see like you know your folks. Look like, at this love story. A, you know what I mean? Like doing this great work. And when I seen her like in the space, it was just like. Well, I mean, at first, like it's 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 rough because I'm an intern over there, and she's still like she was still in high school. Yeah, you were a junior in high school, so there was like a lot of stuff that was like where it didn't feel like it was gonna happen. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just because it's like professionalism and just trying to keep it keep it you know keep it cool like that. And um, I think uh, a year or two later, (laughs) I I I got um. A promotion to be a coordinator at at another school site uh-huh. at Galileo High School, and I found out that uh, that she was a intern. Mm. She became an intern at, at Peer Resources, and a little birdie told me like uh, that that like you know she had a thing for me like. When we were in, like <laughs> Dang, yeah. last you was you was just shoot you was shooting your shot. <laughs> she was like that's Zaddy. Through, through, <laughs> she was low key shooting her shot through body yeah. language. <laughs> the, the rose was because I was I was shooting the shot because when like when when I found out that like that she like had a thing for me, I was just like I I gotta be there, you know what I'm saying? Because there was like a connection there like that I that I felt like um, I couldn't continue during that time when when we first met. Yeah. Like, this was like another opportunity to kind of do it, and so I. You know, I ran with it, and I was like poking at her. Okay. And you know what I'm saying? Like, just, just. Uh, bought, I know where your mind is going to when you heard that word. Uh, uh-uh. uh. <laughs> Cut it out. I will. You know what I'm saying? Now, nowadays, I feel like it was like a. I was really like pestering her. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. well, in, during the moment, it was just like, yo, I gotta get connected to you. You know what I mean? Like, I gotta. It was just instant connection, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Baby girl. <laughs> <laughs> I need what? What is? This I need you by called? my side. <laughs> This thing called fuck love. aside, I need no. <laughs> fuck aside, I need you to be on main. <laughs> what is this thing of love? I'm I'm feeling in my heart. <laughs> You're making my heart go love good, love good. You're making my heart go beat it out. Boot up. I'm thinking of B2K, like, boom, boom, boom. Okay, we want to hear from last. Now, what I were love you this. Feeling? I love this. When? With that whole story, there's that whole story. You guys have shared this story like 
I'm just, oh my bad. Okay, time. so um, that we was actually we, we started like hot, you know? talking. <laughs> I think we started like talking to one another when I was in college, yeah. uh, my first my first year of college. Mm. But like, you already knew you was feeling him but before, was... and then I like started talking to someone else, and then oh you dirty birdie. No, because I didn't think <laughs> I thought I thought that like we were go- something was gonna happen then when I was in high school, and then did it. And I actually wanted to ask him the prom, but then my friend Aww. asked him, and he and she he said no to her. So I was like, okay, it's probably not gonna happen. Mm. And I like kind of moved on. And then when Drew found out, I was dealing with those emotions of that other relationship. Mm. So when we started dating, it was kind of like rocky and where my feelings were for a while. And mm. I feel like that that really impacted a lot of um, the future foundations of our relationship. Right. Like I think being honest, um, when people talk to me about like looking at our relationship as like goals, I, and then even a lot of friends who have been like single and and wanting to talk about like how do I find someone? And I feel like it's all about like being not pushing it, you know, not not like not forcing yourself and and like time because. I think us getting together in that in that time we were rushing. Mm. We were rushing and I wasn't getting over feelings that I had for someone else. Mm. And I just wanted to really be with Drew because I didn't want to let him get away type of thing. Mm. So that yeah. bears with my soul. We, that's that's still like kind of messed up. Turn a lot this of off. I need a counseling us. session real hey, quick. Yeah. yeah. I mean, being real, there are people see it from the outside as being like 10 years, but I think we see it every day as uh, work, a yeah. lot of work, a, a lot, lot of work. work. Right. And we're, wow. we're definitely going to get into that a little bit more. I want to take a step back because I think just thinking, just knowing that you all met in this work. Right. Now, the work being community or like all, uh, education as well. Yeah. It's both, right? Both. Yeah. Both. And those two are kind of uh, married. No. That's true. No, no pun, no rush intended. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. Uh, but just wanted to take a step back and, and focus in on like, the fact that you all have been with each other through your academic journeys, right? Like you, when you were in college and undergrad, and now you recently graduated last year with mm-hmm. your master's, and you are already going through your undergrad and now in your um, master's program. How, how has it been for you all being there for each other through your academic uh, journeys? What's I- it? Yeah, what's it been like? What's it been like? I think um, we we've learned that like we just have like completely different like learning styles. Uh-huh. Where um, the certain like the when when Lost was in grad school, like there was like kind of like affirmations and, and stuff that I practiced that I felt like I needed like in my process, like in terms of like going through um, grad school, and that was kind of like a. Um, like a harsh reality when I when I when I felt like when I was in the process like when I was struggling in grad school a lot of the time like I really felt like maybe at times like loss wasn't there for me you know what I'm saying that uh, that I mm. felt like I needed to be mm. but I think like with with learning that because we were like totally we like we 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 take in information information like totally differently I had to like dig deep in myself to figure out like what's what's exactly what exactly do I need and how do I communicate that like successfully to, um, to loss, you know what I'm saying? Cause that was kind of like where the, the head butting is, it was, was happening. It was like this kind of like lost in, in translation of like trying to articulate my feelings. Right. How do I feel like, how do I make sure I feel like, um, supported like in within myself, but 
but like leaning on a love person, a loved one mm. to say like, I need you right now. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And what's the most effective way of doing that? And that's kind of like going back to like, you know, a lot of people like when they hear about us or, or like, if you know of us being together for so long, they like hold us up to this standard. That's really like really hard to meet sometimes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, it has a lot to do like this relationship has a lot of is a is a is a push and pull yeah. where there's a, like a lot of compromise that goes along like within this process where you know like I'm still like even with with one year into grad school I'm still trying to figure that out like I can't mm-hmm. I can't sit here and honestly say yeah. that we figured it out mm-hmm. because there's days that you know we don't have good days you know with right. e- with each other and what? You know what I mean? Yeah, right, 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 right. Um, and that's real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And people and and people will have that reaction, like, really, y'all, y'all too. You know what I'm saying? Like, but it's like, that's that's it's not the, the fantasy that we mm-hmm. all make yeah. it up to yeah. be in our minds. It's work. Right. It's work. Do Definitely you two, a lot of work. Are you guys intentional about taking breaks from like work and like you know education and just kind of focusing on you two? Do you guys like? practice that within your relationship or do you guys just get so caught up in your work that it's like you guys probably just have a movie night and that's considered really um i think the past month since like right when grad season started i kind of just turned out like tuned out everything sorry um and like turned off my social media for Mm. you know and like have been just like going to work and then going home and going home to try to like um, stop thinking about everything and tune out and refresh and think about all the things I want to do this summer that help me focus on my health, focus on our relationship. And we we do like a lot of conversation around it. And I think mm-hmm. with your question earlier, it's it's like what I see in our supporting each other is like our love languages coming out, right? And, and being different yeah. mm-hmm. and being different of like Drew really needing that like support. Um, Words and, of affirmation. <laughs> yeah, like, right? Yeah. Uh, and then me like needing that that time. Uh, quality, time. Yeah, quality time <laughs> quality time quality mm. time so um we kind of get lucky sometimes to where the community spaces are that quality time sister innocent but i think we're trying to figure it out more right. so mm. to where it's not just like netflix and you know um yeah just other dinner things, dates other things yeah yeah, yeah. or intentional times and i or feel traveling like... eventually oh yeah yeah, yeah. And what I hear uh, in both of your responses is just this level of communication that is right. had between the both of you, right? And it's so important and key in um, the success of doing this work mm-hmm. in terms of uh, your relationship yeah, and whatnot. And did you guys like grow into this level of communication or has it always been like this in the beginning? No. Like, I mean, yeah, I'm going to be honest. Like, we... I like it, I feel like it's a, a lot of the time it's me and I'm dealing with a lot of like toxic masculine you know masculinity where I'm trying to like be honest with myself right. like, I, mean, I learned yeah yeah where I'm just like holding in like how I really feel and she's like yo what the fuck what's mm. going on with you you know yeah, what I mean like right. and I'm just like I don't, I don't want to talk about it you know what I mean like so like that's that's like that's where we're at right now, in, mm. in terms, or like that's where I'm I'm at right now in in our in our relationship. I'm trying to pull myself out of myself mm. to like have a conversation yeah. with my partner. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, yeah. um, 
Yeah. It's like working on each other as an individual. Yeah. Yeah. Mine is definitely thinking that I know everything. (laughs) (laughs) Humbling yourself. And and being able to trust, like, in our relationship that we complement each other in our strengths, you know? Like, we're totally opposite. And so I think that showed really early on in our our communication. (laughs) But, um... Yeah, learning how to trust. I love this dynamic. Yeah, opposites do attract. You know, it's a process. Just a perfect match. <laughs> it's 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 awesome. You know, and I really uh, want to just as jump into this next question um, with the both of you because you all have have done so much around community organizing, mm-hmm. working with other communities of color yeah. as well as our community. Um, but something big that you all have been at the forefront of, y'all are um, definitely on the front lines in these efforts in terms of like PI studies uh, and definitely a lot of work at SF State, mm-hmm. right? Um, I know you all recently um, fought to have a uh, Pacific Islander professor, right, be um, be hired by the institution right. to teach yeah. Pacific Islander studies and so i just wanted to tap in with y'all about like that work and what that's looked like as a as a a way to you know just share with folks the the actual work y'all are are doing and instituting with these changes yeah so i thank you i know a while back you gave i was at icu when this happened so um i'm so happy to be here and share that uh We've helped to create a critical Pacific Islands and Oceania Studies minor program at SF State um, in 2016 when students were on strike to support the College of Ethnic Studies. Uh, there were PI students that were in that initiative and at the forefront of calling for Pacific Studies. Yep. So then I came in as a master's student and helped to uh, with writing that curriculum, finding instructors, and then eventually writing a minor proposal. And so now if you're a student at SF State, you can minor um in critical pacific islands and oceania studies like this week i just helped two students sign up so i'm like hella juiced and excited to do that and And the other thing we got to recognize is like this thing is a labor of love yeah Yeah. so like the stuff that like that loss is talking about the work that she done she did it as a student Uh you know Mm. so she wasn't getting paid for this stuff Mm. um eventually you know know what i mean like um so yeah so it's a labor of love i just want you know i i I feel like you 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 never you never say that. Play it down. You know what I mean? <laughs> like so I'm gonna shine that love on your girl. <laughs> Honey, let's not play that down. <laughs> Let him uh I see you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I always gotta put that in. Yeah. You, you did more. Yeah, I worked with a lot of the professors to write the uh minor proposal and then even there was the opportunity to um build um like a position for a tenure track faculty member, which you mentioned. So now um, that actually, Drew was on the committee, the hiring committee, and that just finished up in spring. And they pushed it to actually be two professors. Dope. Yeah, so the so two. We get, we get two, not yeah, just one. Yeah, okay. the two new professors that are going to build eventually a major program and all yes. these amazing things is Ponipate um, Rokolekutu. Sorry, I don't want to say that wrong. And um, uh, Leora Kava. So those two professors coming from UH Manoa, um, I believe in English and political science or indigenous politics, are going to be at SF State where students can take classes. And um, yeah. So all y'all listening out there, make sure you apply to SF State. Transfer later. (laughs) Or transfer later. Yep. You got any questions, just holler at Lost. You can find her on the SF State website. She works for a program called Aspire. Yeah. So the program I work with does a lot of the student service 
side. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. to make sure students graduate because yeah. that's another thing. Yeah. It just because you have classes don't mean that people are gonna finish their education mm-hmm. and yeah. And that's huge. And 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 uh, I, you know, just thank you for doing that kind of work because oftentimes a lot of us are pushing how education is important and how getting into these spaces are important and something that I think was uh, that we that we centered our work around was gradu- um what was it college completion mm-hmm. for Pacific Islanders because our folks were graduating from high school right where um before they weren't and the numbers went up but then people were going to college and not finishing college mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it really does take right. folks like you and others who do that line of work to help students be right. successful in their educational mm-hmm. journeys to reach, you know, to reach that finish line. Right. Yeah. Totally. Um, and so really appreciate just the work you do, but also the work that um, you're doing outside of that. You're really making institutional change. Yes, and, Lord. And just having that opportunity. You know, I, I know I said I would, you know, um, help be at the different talks and, um, you know, be a part of that process and I wasn't able to no, but, that's but cool. thank you for the invite yeah. and right. just yeah. to know that like that kind of opportunity was they'll available be they'll be yeah. here and you can yeah, work sure. with them yeah. and we gotta have them hey, on the man. show yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. Them yeah. I love them that is so dope and so not only are you all doing that kind of organizing but uh, I want to I want us to move shift gears a little bit to talk about this awesome uh, work that you all have recently um, launched with the Fearless Wayfinders mm. um, scholarship e. that you all are working on. And I just wanted to give us some context as to, you know, what the the Fearless Wayfinders kind of uh, a description and model is. On the website, it says here that the Wayfinder is defined as one with a destinational goal in life. One who realizes those who came before them and are aware that they are an impact to those who come long after. Mm. The Wayfinder understands that as they navigate through the ocean of life, no matter how tough the storm gets, what they do will ripple through their history. We are the Wayfinders. Mm. Only us stop us. Uh, And and so I know that y'all are uh, very instrumental in... uh, bringing this scholarship mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, to fruition. So I just want to give you all this time to, yeah. you know, put us on about uh, what it, what the the Fearless Wayfinders scholarship is and how we all can, how we all can um, participate. Yeah. All right. So we'll, we'll just rewind back. Uh, was, has it been a year? Was it, was it last year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so last year we, uh, we, you know, there was a dance group, Lemoana, that was here last year. Yes, yeah, with we Tupi. Yeah. Hey, shout, shout out, out to Tupi. Yeah, shout out to Tupi. Uh, where we were we were promoting um, the show last year. And so, like, one of the ways that we thought it'd be cool to promote it is go to Island Reggae Fest where, mm. um, you know, pass out flyers and talk to people about, like, this this event that's going on at City College. Yeah. And so, like, one of the, what I didn't know was, like, one of my good friends that I met in Utah uh, a workshop I did like years ago before. His name is Jordan Fihaki. He had one of the booths over there, and then instantly, like when we saw it was a it was a clothing booth. Instantly, what we saw was like it said Wayfinders, and mm. so like Wayfinders, like is very like uh, symbolic in the work that we do Absolutely. with like uh, Pacific uh, Pacific Studies 
and um and just like you know we we're we're just all about that you <clears> know what I'm saying in terms of like thinking of the ocean and how do you navigate your your journey you know what I'm saying so like that's what stood out to us uh, in terms of the brand uh, with we're me. A sea, we, uh, our our ancestors right being right. seafaring people right mm-hmm. right right, right. Yeah. and like uh and and problem solvers yeah so like spo- I mean, spontaneous right. problem solvers right you know what I'm saying so it's not just like uh. Um, it's not like we see the problem over here. It's like it could just happen right. You know what I mean? Like it could just happen out of nowhere, and we yep. just figure it out. Yep. And so, like, um, um, I seen I seen my homie Jordan uh, Jordan uh, Fihaki, and he was over there, and uh, uh, we chopped it up a little bit, and we were like, yeah, we should collab uh, soon about it. And it was just something that was just sticking with loss, like. Um, after we had that meeting where she was just like, I really love Jordan's brand. I really like the Wayfinders and we no. got to do something about it. We got to do something with him uh, to, to make this thing happen. And I, I think fast forward, like November, December. Yeah. November, December. She's like, I want to do a scholarship um, wow. yes. in collaboration, in collaboration with the Wayfinders. And so she was just like, are you, you know, hit up Jordan. Genius. Like, yeah, so we can make this thing mm. happen. And, um, we um and, and you know this wasn't a spontaneous thing we've been like sitting on this for like uh, like almost a year nice um to 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 like work this thing out we've been having like monthly meetings with jordan um to figure out how to actually do this um and and we're learning uh, as we go right now and so um is there anything i'm missing um uh, and so now what what has come you know uh, to fruition, you know, in terms of this collaboration with the Wayfinders brand, is the Wayfinders scholarship, where we're actually offering two thousand dollars scholarships to um, students um, that are uh, that are identified with being Pacific Islander that are attending um, a a college or a community college, a university or community college in the state of California, uh-huh. um, and you have to be a full time student. To apply for this, so that means twelve to 15, 12, to 12 units or more, um, as well as am I missing anything? A two point um, GPA average, and then um, on the website, um, it'll 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 tell you how to send in your application, um, your a copy of your transcripts by August thirty first, and the video, and a, and a video submission, like a two minute video, like two minute video submission. Um, uh, Answering the question of what does it mean to be a wayfinder? What does it mean to be a wayfinder? Oh, nice. Yeah. And so, last, you want to talk about like why, like this thing, creating this uh, this scholarship was like necessary. Like, yeah. So you know? I did my thesis, my research in grad school on understanding how we're building Pacific studies here in San or in the Bay Area, San Francisco specifically, and a lot of the feedback that I got from students was not only um programming to support like so my position is uh, doing programming and retention Mm -hmm. efforts to make sure students graduate um but scholarship opportunities like a lot of the spaces are catered towards asian asian american pacific islander and attaching us together yeah and not really seeing like how pacific islander experiences are different within it so that was really the push um like drew shared earlier to create this scholarship opportunity that's specific to pi students and um, then I also got money for the work that I did to create the Pacific Studies program. And I didn't feel right, like, sitting, like, having it sit with me. And mm. I gave um, 
funded one of the one thousand dollars scholarships to start this this um scho- wayfinder Come scholarship. On. Yeah. This so is... the the unique thing about the scholarship opportunity and the partnership with the Wayfinders brand is that um, people can participate in helping to raise the other thousand dollars if they buy gear or yes. even donate. Okay. Um, and like. Uh, that's what we hope that folks can get the word out on because if we are a community and making sure like we tell students yeah go to college you know and and kind of are hard on students on like making sure they do it but we don't really know how to like support them this is an opportunity to do that Mm -hmm. and that those who are applying we hope that this can be a recurring thing you know we can really put our money um, in their their pockets to make sure like some of the issues that I've seen students go through is like working three jobs which is yeah. something definitely we you know you been know, through yeah. um, or or like you know not doing cutting classes to take care of family or you know mm. having like um, like funerals or all of these using you know, refund, using you know, refund checks to uh, yep. help you know with the stuff like that so whatever this can do books computers anything yeah. you know yeah. rent like down payment uh, on we're the gonna car. Yep, yeah. give oh. this money to students to help them find their way. Yeah. That is awesome. That is, so <clears throat> that is so dope. I really, you know, like there's something special about taking, like this, finding out that this is rooted in not just something you all wanted to do, but it's mm-hmm. based on research and, and what you studied and how to turn what you studied into action. Yeah. And this is definitely action. And so... Just one more time, how can how can uh, you know our listeners and folks out there uh, contribute to this scholarship? Yeah, so folks can go visit uh, fearlesswayfinders.com to see uh, some of the amazing gear that uh, the Wayfinders brand se- sells, um, and you can also Venmo Jordan Dashfi Hockey um, at Venmo to give donations if you'd like to, um, or uh, visit the site too. You can click on the scholarships link and it'll tell you the information on how to apply. Again, you have to be um, a a student of Pacific Islander descent, so Melanesian, Micronesian, or Polynesian, attending a, a four-year or two-year uh, college or university in the state of California, have at least a 2.0 GPA, and submit the written application, um, the two-minute video, and your transcripts. Yeah. And if you have any questions for uh, about the scholarship or just want to learn a little more about it, you can um, email, email us at the Wayfinders scholarship at gmail.com we've been answering um, a lot of questions through the email um, also you can um, ask us individually via instagram as well um, i'm at droopy 415 that's d-r-e-w-p-e-e-h 415 so if you have I'll, i'm always uh posting about the uh about the scholarship and just going into more detail about um the requirements just so just just so there's no um Nobody lost in, in 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 the translation of what we're trying to do over here. Um, also, but, but then I also want to emphasize like the the Wayfinders brand is a is an amazing brand that support that that that, that supports this uh, uh this cause and um, right. is everything that embodies like what we're trying to do, trying to be active problem solvers like yeah. within our community and and just uh, paving a way, being trailblazers and. Uh, yeah, definitely is a trail trailblazing effort, um, and really just want to say thank you all so much for yeah this and so many other things that you all have done. You all have definitely contributed to the fabric of our community, mm, thank you. really strengthening uh, you know our our fala, mm. our siapo, our ngatu, <laughs> right? Um, and really just stretching it to so to so many more of our community. 
Um, and so we'll definitely put all of these details in our notes um, and promote this. So folks, are, mm-hmm. the application is open until August, August 31st. 31st. And this is, is this just for the Bay Area? California. California. That is, oh Lord. You know, big things, right? Big things. And, and we know that there's a lot of our students out there in community college as well as yeah. uh, university level. And so we're definitely going to continue to push this for the cultures. Um, it is so huge. Just one, you know, I know we've touched base on a lot of different elements within y'all's lives and your, y'all's relationship. And just one last question before we, you know, land this plane and got to get up on out of here. But I wanted to pose this question of, do you feel with all the work that you all are doing, um, you know, just even within your relationship and outside of that in the institutions and community, do you feel that you're working within your purpose? And if so, how? Mm. And I know that might be kind of loaded. It's <laughs> a good question, though. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, um, like the cause or... Uh, yeah, the cause is always family, which is an extension of the community, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like it's always about uh, helping my folks and putting on for our folks. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And so, like the title, the title of my job is fluid. It'll always change mm-hmm. and all that stuff like that. But at its core, if it's about um, supporting. PI communities, being a voice for PI communities, um, creating a platform for mm. for PI communities, like that's just that's just where my heart is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and so yeah, like, um, um, can you repeat the? Yeah. Question? Do you do you feel that you are working within your purpose? Yeah. And so like, uh, what's it? Um, last, what's the um, the Psalm one uh, proverb? leadership is through service it's like this is like a um i can't be a leader if we all ain't eating you know what i mean mm-hmm. like um and it's about being in the personal it's about helping people out mm-hmm. um and you know that's that work is is so gratifying. It's so filling. Yeah. It's so healing for me. Uh, that uh, yeah, I don't want to be anywhere else. You know what I mean? I don't want to be anywhere else, but but there doing that mm. kind of work. You know what I mean? Word. So, um, so much gratitude. So much gratitude. I think the last thing I want to say is, thank y'all. Thank y'all for this mm. like uh, for this platform. Uh, 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 and, uh, and 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 replenishing us in the work that we do, mm. but also inspiring us, you know. So mm. I just want to shout out, you know, Bex, D Boy for the coaches. So much love and gratitude for y'all. Appreciate you. Yeah. <laughs> Respect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my my answer is, um, I think because we work in institutions of higher ed or learning, I get to learn every day what my purpose is. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. like um like earlier we said, why do we have to have one naming, you know, mm-hmm. of ocean? But it's also one purpose, right? right. So um 
yeah, being able to practice like theory action reflection every day mm -hmm. and being and being encouraged to do it is like um, always learning and always figuring out. Um, we helped to create the scholarship opportunity, create help create a program. How can I continue to create more, you know, or build yeah. more like people with people? And so I think that that's definitely one, right? Is doing things together with our community and and for us by us. Mm. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, right. Doing yeah. it all for the culture, yeah, for the cultures. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really appreciate that because you know we just we're always thinking as people, right? About like, what's my purpose? Why, why might I be going through this? Or why is is this is this season of my life this way? You know, and there's always something to learn. And and I really appreciate your response in terms of like, why do we only have? We don't only need to have one purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so in good. life, right? Like, there's so many. There's so many things that we can uh, connect to. And so, man. Yeah. Really appreciate y'all. Snap it up. Yes. You know, and just something else that I also just wanted to uh, draw attention to is that, uh, you know, I've known Drew a long time, uh, especially, <laughs> especially with, uh, you know, just being a, a little bit older. I was... You know, his brother is one of my best friends. Mm -hmm. His sister is one of my sister's best friends. Aww. And so we've always just been around each other. But I think the moment uh, um, where I where I really seen you, you know, bro, is, is when you were up on that stage at yeah. City College when I was still like a young film student mm -hmm. and you just let loose, you know, with your spoken word poetry. And, and it was through that that moment where then we linked up and yeah. did the different uh videos yeah. you know and one that's still used to this day is that Man. go to school piece yeah, yeah, yeah. uh which is very relevant and and continues to be in your work yeah and um, let's recognize that like i mean I've, I've i've gained so many opportunities from that video and thank you man like thank you for that i don't think i've ever even you like, had the, i had the chance to like tell you that but you know, so much love, man. So much love to D-Boy, man. A lot of that. Yeah, sorry. Thank you. No, you're yeah. good, bro. I appreciate it. Um, and then I was also able to meet you lost through uh, Drew. And so, you know, it's just really, it's really. And really, I met y'all through D-Boy. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> it's really meaningful to just right? share all this space together. Yeah. Um, and so before we get up out of here, something we always like to do with our ourselves and our guests is to, you know, really put an emphasis on self-care. Mm -hmm. And so we ask ourselves, how are you going to take care of yourself this week? Mm. Mine is, um, I do, I'm doing sporadic journaling, but I think I want to do it like online, like as a blog. Oh, wow. oh. So I, I've been thinking about that a lot. Yes. Do I think it. I would do it some way, creating a, like an online journal because my writing is not consistent, <laughs> but that's okay. That's I'll subscribe. Dope. Yeah. Right on. How about you, partner? Um, you know, I have this love and hate relationship in the gym, so I'm back in the gym. I'll probably be away from the gym for another month, but then I'll be back again. So <laughs> I'm feeling a little good now because I picked up some momentum, you know, so cool. hopefully I can be consistent. But this gym life has been good. And I'm talking about like just two days. <laughs> like, on, this gym life is killing me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm two days strong right now. Word. But it's doing good. So yeah, I'm probably going to work out somewhere. Right on. I think um, just like uh, for me, like body awareness. So what I've been doing is I'm taking a yoga class. 
Mm. Um, in the summer. That's what's up, bro. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's just to think about uh, um, you, yourself on the physical aspect, right? Mm-hmm. Your relationship with your body. Yeah. So that's what I've been getting from from yoga class. And you get uh, what helps is is enrolling into a class at the community college. You know what I mean? Like so. The plug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for sure, yeah. Word. How about you? I think uh, also the next J two E or maybe uh, oh. in September is gonna be uh, focused on yoga. Oh, so look out for that one in September. Uh, I'm gonna take care of myself this week by reading. I want to read more. You know, I feel mm. like just from us talking about all these different topics that uh, have come up, I've only just looked at it, glanced at it, and never have done like my uh, deep readings into it. So I just want to read more. I miss that. I miss how. School always pushed us or pushed me to read, so I want to read more definitely. Mm. Uh, but again, we just want to thank y'all for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for making this a great episode, and it's really it's been really great to just learn about y'all. You know, get a deeper sense of y'all's relationship and the work y'all doing and the journeys you've been on, um, as well as all the great work. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, as always, y'all, you can tap in with us on the social medias, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at For the Cultures with a Q and a S, as well as uh, reach out to us via email for the cultures at gmail.com. Other than that, we will see y'all on the next episode. Peace, love, and happiness. And peace with all grease. <laughs> and make it last forever. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all, we out. Peace. This episode is brought to you by Audrey Alo and Lealoa Mao. Thank you for your generous donation and continued support of this podcast. We see y'all. What are we doing it for? We're doing it for the culture. For the culture. For the culture. For the culture.